Hi, y'all. Welcome to the Search for Pink podcast. I am your host, uh, Rebecca Botter, and today I have the lovely opportunity to talk to Miss Mariana Novak. Uh, Mariana is an actor. I met her in Atlanta. Weirdly, okay, so Gabby was my sixth guest ever, and... um, yeah, Gabby is a vintage stylist, very cool, and I can't remember how, but Mariana came up, and uh, Gabby was just talking about how she's great at connecting people, and is really lovely and cool, and I remember thinking, I want to be like this random person I'm hearing about. I want to be like, I want to be like Mariana, and so I reached out to her, and I was like, hey, I think she maybe someone else mentioned her then later in another episode, but I was just like, who is this person? And um, we finally got to meet in a rehearsal room for something I was doing uh, intimacy work on and she was in. And uh, Marianne is just the coolest. She has really done every single role there is. She is a super generous friend. This is my first uh, podcast interview of the new year. And um, this is my first podcast chat of the new year. And I, I told her once we stopped recording Um, My voice is like kind of shaky at the beginning. I've done a lot of these. I literally, my last episode was how to do this. And I was scrounging for words initially. Um, But anyways, I, I really think for actors, for anyone looking at social media, for anyone being discouraged, honestly, any good advice for someone in any field, I feel like can be uh, applied to other people. So anyways, Uh, In this episode, we talk about uh, social media and mental health and being an actor and how all of those three things combine. I feel like it's kind of the trifecta. Also, um, very useful towards the end, we talk about like set etiquette with NDAs and uh, how not to get in a lot of trouble. Um, So yes, it's great. Thank you so much, Mariana, for being on, and I really appreciate it, and I love you guys, and I didn't have time to record this intro before, so I already know that I do a great job. Um, All I had to do was get Mariana on here, and of course, I'm going to do a great job. She's the best. Okay, I love you guys. Um, Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and then just leave me a five-star review on Spotify. Uh, The more five-star reviews the more people I can get to say yes to this, the more people I can get to say yes, uh, the happier we all will be. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Hi, Mariana Novak. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. It's an honor. I've, I've been jealous of all the other guests that you've had on, so I'm really happy to be here. That's, that's so sweet. You've mentioned you've listened to it. And if anyone listens to 10 seconds of one, I am, I'm honestly like amazed. I'm like, really? You just, you sh- you shouldn't be. It's fantastic. And I think that you should believe in yourself just a tiny bit more as we all should. I love having actors on and I found it really useful to have actors with, um, that we don't just talk about acting because I really could all day. I think it's, I think actors are honestly some of the most interesting people, Um, but I love that you also are working with marketing. So guys, people that are tuning in, Mariana, um, works in, would you say it's marketing? What is your role more specifically? I'm a senior technical content producer in the customer education space at MailChimp. 
yeah, that's, that's, that's really <laughs> impressive and very cool. So social media, it's something that I think both of us really enjoy. And so I wanted to ask her on to talk about it um, with all of us, because I feel like she, she has so much to share. Um, to get us started, I'd love to talk about like how you began with acting. I feel like that's an interesting intro that leads to everything. Um, so how did you get Excellent. started? Uh, well, like a lot of us have, I did plays in high school and middle school. My parents were actually actors. And when I immigrated from Russia, acting was always just considered something like a hobby and never a proper career path. So I just pursued it on the side and loved doing it. Um, did some in, in college. Like I said, college, high school, middle school, I was studying human biology, pre-med and Spanish in college. So my, my path was actually originally to go to med school because that's one of the only options I had as a Russian immigrant. It was that or being a lawyer or marrying rich. Um, so none of those things happened, but <laughs> now I get to play, I played a nurse last week on a TV show. So it's not that far off, you know, the, 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 there's no regrets. I d definitely wish I studied theater, maybe a little bit more the of theater in college, but I don't, it's okay. Life is what it is. So after I graduated, I went to work at Facebook and then Apple and then ended up going to a Burning Man where I feel like I quote unquote expanded my mind a little bit and I saw people living their truth and I started feeling a little bit more aligned with my, the artist within, if you will. And it's kind of a wild story in general, so I won't go into depth but it was a very very much an overnight like mental breakdown where my family was like are you okay like do you need to go do something fun before you <laughs> go to med school or do you go do some kind of biotech company because that's what i was applying to at the time um after all my other tech experiences and i thought maybe that's the best way to marry my love of medicine or my fake love or the thing that, you know fake yeah. love of medicine Anyway, so they moved to LA and I worked as a script reader for Film Nation. They did movies like Arrival and Mud. So I started reading real scripts for the first time. Yeah. I started working in event production. I entered at an, an agency. I There was a six month period where I managed actors and then there, I was casting commercials and music videos. And at the same time, I was auditioning for just about everything under the sun through casting networks and through Actors Access, anything that I could submit myself to. So I did probably 50 short films that nobody will ever see and nobody needs to, but that was a really <laughs> great way to get familiar with auditioning and understand the industry. And so my like my better work came out of my um, volunteering with the SAG Conservatory at AFI, which is the American Film Institute. And I did like six projects in a year with them for their like theses or, they're like student films and they're all really high quality. So that became like my first reel. And I, you know, started doing more and more commercial work and then had a few more like theatrical um, opportunities that came up. And then Atlanta went, was on my radar all of a sudden. Um, and then I'm just like really in a nutshell of yes. six years. This is, <laughs> yes, people will understand. <laughs> um, so yeah, I moved to Atlanta and I worked at a restaurant for the first time since I was 16. And really, that was very humbling and hard work. And yeah. then I randomly found my way to MailChimp as a side hustle because I had that experience in tech. And then after a year, weaseled myself into this production 
job that played to my you know experience as a a, a, a commercial face so i was mm-hmm. doing hosting with teleprompters i was doing voiceover i was editing and you know just doing all the general things that you need to do for as a video producer and was auditioning and uh yeah that's kind of like the the trajectory so far and i really like being able to do both i think eventually the world will or my world will shift into a different direction like whether i have to focus full time on acting which ideally will happen i'm ready to do that and if that doesn't happen anytime soon i'm also really happy where i'm at so working here and there in in tv shows and commercials and i'm i'm really happy right now <laughs> in the beginning of being an actor i feel like people will say like oh if you start doing casting no one will see you as an actor and I, I even like initially like the idea of like directing I was like oh I can't direct because then people won't think I'm an actor you know and people will only think of me as a director and we we've talked before and it's so important to learn about these different facets and these different jobs and you were telling me that you think it has improved your strengths but also just you're you're a better actor because of it and you have almost like more value because you understand what everyone's doing on set so you can do your job better to help them which i love i think it's a really great point and i'm just going to shout out uh the arvold studios i just mm-hmm. did their series regular class and that's basically what we did we approached every script from a the perspective of a director, of a writer, of a production designer, of a costume designer. And that's how series regular uh, actors think. And I was super happy that I started learning these lessons earlier on is just, I think my my dad even once told me, he's like, okay, I know you need to have a side hustle because obviously you need to survive, but make sure that side hustle kind of stays in the same realm as where you're trying to go. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of what I always tried to do. And the more experience I, I gained on the other side of the table, on the other side of the camera, the better I got as an actor and the better I understood all the other elements of filmmaking that I could bring into an audition or just more confidence. Like that's the number one thing is like way more confidence now. I don't, I'm not as scared of, of casting directors cause I've kind of been one before, you know what I mean? It's just like all psychological, like we're all people, we're all, we have this, all the same goal. And that's my greatest realization. Like there's no need to be scared of anyone in this business. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself, be good and learn as much as you can. I I was talking to a friend and she's done some acting, but mostly she's focusing on writing and directing. And I I was talking it through and very nicely, but she was kind of like, okay, you're not acting. What else are you going to do? Kind of. And I was talking about how costuming and writing and I enjoy not exactly photography, but it's more like creative directing and stuff. Um, how like the muscles that you use as an actor, they're also going to be different things you do that make that light up in your brain. And for me, it's, I, I enjoy talking through scripts. I enjoy producing. I enjoy getting other people's projects made as well. And that isn't the same as acting, but it's lighting up that part of my brain, which I think makes me more confident going into an audition. Like, oh, you want me. No, no, no. Like I would make this better. and that is, I think, the confidence 
we it like makes an audition so much stronger. And you just said the costume designer stuff. I think I was just thinking about how much I joy I get from picking a costume for an audition. Like that's the most fun for me. And there are several costume pieces, if you will, that I would be would wear would choose for a particular audition. If anything, that just helps the casting director imagine you better in the role. And you, if you have a styling skill of that sort, then the the you know you're better off. Like why yeah. not work on all these skills? And now that we're talking about social media in this episode, like you have to be all these things for yourself. You have to be a producer. You have to write your own whatever captions or content. You have to style yourself for these photos. Like these are all skills that you bring into your. Uh, acting, social media, just like business mind of uh, as an actor, because most 90% of the time you are running a business and like how often do we get to act? Hopefully 10% of you know the year, but most of the time we're just kind of running the little business or the big business that is us. Who was it? There's an actress I really love, Zoe Kazan. Um, I've mentioned her before. Do you know who she is? She was in The Big Sick, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And mm -hmm. she's also, she's a writer. Um, she's done, it just, her essays are really great. And, but she was saying in an interview, her partner is uh, Paul Dano and he works a ton. But she was like, no, I'm a working actor. I pay my bills through acting. And she said, she's like, maybe I work a cumulative of a month and a half a year, you know? And I think she's so talented. She's been in some, she was in a Coen brother film. Like she, she's working, but even a working actor, we don't actually get to be on set that much. And something that popped into my head is like, we both love clothes, but people have reached out to me. I own a lot of vintage. People know that. And I think when we were talking about like, I like to write or I like to blah, 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 blah. If you're listening and you're thinking like, well, I don't have any of those skills maybe start thinking about like, what do people ask you to do as a favor? Like people will message me and go, hey, do you have a dress for the 1940s? And I will try to immediately go to my closet, send some pics. People do ask you for your help from time to time. Like what are some things that you kind of found yourself doing for other people even without realizing it? Is there anything that comes to mind? I think the number one thing that comes to mind, something I talked about to my to my actor friends yesterday was mm -hmm. the technical side of things because I have experience in video production. I've experimented with different cameras and different um, just tools that we use as actors, like the ring lights and the film lights and like what's the best thing to use when you're traveling. So I think a lot of actors don't have that technical knowledge per se and i try to be helpful in those situations yeah which is actually how i'm which is like leads us into the social media conversation exactly like that's kind of i found what i'm good at right and it's this technical side of things and i kind of want to share that knowledge going forward mariana made a great list of things in a caption of like here's the ring light i use Here's the camera I use and just listing off different easy things to start building. Cause also it's really intimidating to immediately start. But like, I just bought a background, a background backdrop hanger like this month and I didn't have one and that was okay. I was going to other people's houses, but I've slowly been building out my thing and you don't have to immediately. I want to talk through really fast. Cause 
before we go completely into social media, I told you I love to ask actor horror stories, and I would really love for you to share um, two different auditions that I think kind of sum up how far you've come. Oh, gosh. Okay, so one thing that came up when I was thinking through this was my first real audition for anything, quote unquote, real as in something that somebody else was judging was in sixth grade for Greece. Everyone had their tiger theater moms that were like helping them run the dance and the, the, the songs. Uh, my mom was a single mom working all the time at that point. And so I just went in there and I tried to do my best. And I think I got the song right. I don't remember that going like too poorly because there were other singers there. So I wasn't as nervous. But when the dance portion uh, started, I just froze. I just stood there. I didn't remember a single dance move. All the other like we were three they were go we were going in three at a time like the other two were like break break breaking it down and i just yeah. stood there i stood there in utter, utter shock it was just like so traumatizing so embarrassing and from there i just always had this like innate fear of not being good enough and knowing that like i'm not meant for the stage and blah 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 and always you know thereafter i got some opportunities to be in the theater in middle school but it was like small roles of like the extra the extra the, the goose number five and honk the musical mm -hmm. you know it, it, i was always i was never like the, the theater kid but then in high school there were a few more uh, like opportunities still small smaller roles but um you know i had a name <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that's, I, I think of like, there's a girl I grew up with and she's now in New York and she's an opera singer. And I remember her first like two years of auditions as a little kid, she would go up for the audition, stand next to the piano and cry. And she just cried and she couldn't get the song out. And the music director would sit her on the bench next to her. It was community theater. But Abby wanted to do it. And she had a beautiful voice. But it took her two years as like a little nine-year-old just crying in front of her room because she was so scared. And I didn't get a name with, I don't think I got a named role for like until like 11th grade. And I did theater from like fourth grade. I think it's just... They're like, I think we just have this like song in our heart or something that, and we're the people that are still doing it. I bet like hardly anyone from Greece and from seventh grade is still, but I, it, actors, we're resilient. It almost killed us, <laughs> but we're exactly. still doing the resilient, it. The resilient part is true. I, I call it like the bloodborne disease. Cause like I mentioned, my parents are actors and it was just like mm -hmm. something that I never could get out of my system. And um, when I was growing up in Russia, like, I just remember having to imagine different like scenarios and play out little plays by myself in my room. Like I didn't really have a lot of kids to play with. I don't know, it was always just about performing and singing. And mm -hmm. my dream was to be Britney Spears when I was 10, but I didn't have any like real singing, like prowess, if you will. Um, oh, I was also gonna say, I the shift and my, I, did, I haven't shared this with you before, actually. Um, I did the vagina monologues in college and I was a senior in college and obviously already on track to go, to start doing the MCAT and whatever. I did all the pre-med requirements, but here I had the opportunity to like really let loose and be part mm -hmm. of a production that, you know, was fun to me. And I got the role of the dominatrix two years in a row. And the second year, um, my parents came to see the show and, 
let's say like I grew up in a household that like never even talked about sex. Like if there's sex that came on TV, like I was told immediately to sh shut my eyes probably till I was mm -hmm. 19. And um, here I was in this in this in this uh, monologue where I'm talking about cracking whips and BDSM and orgasming and like literally, you know, displaying different types of orgasms on stage with my super conservative parents like watching from the stands. I, I almost hyperventilated before going on stage for that experience but weirdly like they their response was super positive and from there my my dad or he was just like I you know I think you want to be an actor and I'm like what are you talking about like I'm, I'm applying to med schools next year and I think he always knew which is really kind of cool and he's one of the first people that believed in me enough for me to like actually think about pursuing it professionally so I owe a lot of my um quote-unquote success to him can't think of anyone specifically, but I do know people were in my path that kept saying, no, you want to do this. Even if people, and people weren't saying like, oh, you're the most amazing actor in the world. But people were like, no, like you can keep trying to talk yourself out of this, but it is, it's clear to everybody else, you know? Um, that's amazing. My dad saw, sorry, dad. My dad saw me do something for a showcase where I'm looking at a pregnancy test and I'm not sure I'm pregnant, and that scarred my dad. Like he's still upset about me playing a high schooler who may be pregnant. And it just like wow. traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 our most recent show with Fernal and Sear, I just told my parents, like, tell me you're proud of me and don't come. And they were like, we're proud of you. And that was where we had to just stop it right there. Yeah. Okay. So can you follow it up with later you're in LA, your dad told you, you wanted to do it. And then there, I love the difference in auditions. Um, yeah, I mean, the, there's isn't necessarily a horror story, but it's certainly something I don't recommend anybody doing um, in the like for, <laughs> for themselves. But I was in a casting office for a project and I don't remember what it was, but there was, I noticed that in a different room in the same building, there a, a show was casting and I saw that the sides had a Russian um, accented role. I just, their cat, the sides were just out because people were, you know, coming in and out. And I decided that I was just going to go in and pretend that I was already called in for it. So I had like five minutes to prep like these three scenes or something. <laughs> and it was like the coldest read of all fucking times. I came in there and something came over me. I was just like, you know, fuck it. Like, literally like whatever what what's the worst thing that can happen i came in and they're like hi what's your name i was like mariana novak and they're like oh we don't have you on the list i'm like oh weird well i speak <laughs> russian i'm russian and they're like okay well show us what you got and i'm certain that it was probably the worst audition they've ever seen but that was not why for me that's not like necessarily a horror story but it was like me overcoming a really huge fear story mm -hmm. the fear of casting directors the fear of doing something out of the box the fear the fear of breaking rules i'm a big rule follower mm -hmm. and i do not like that could get you literally blacklisted at a casting office so i will not recommend you doing that ever mm -hmm. but you know, hope, I don't know. I've never, I've, I left LA shortly after, so I don't know if I ever got blacklisted there, but you know, I, I, it was a niche role. It was Russian. Like they were probably like, Oh, we overlooked her whatever. She sucks. And, but for me, it was like, 
an incredible uh, uh, it showed that I can I can you know do anything if I set my my mind to it taping with Kat Barnes actually and you know Kat and probably people listening but she it she's someone that's really loosened me up because she'll make like big choices or she's just like screw it I'm doing this and I'm like all right is that okay and Kat's like I don't care and I'm like Okay. And it, it's encouraged me to make bigger choices and go for it. And I, I love how much of a, a, a journey you've gone on with auditioning. Last year I auditioned for like a co-star role for some, for something unknown, if you will. Mm-hmm. And a few months go by, I obviously don't hear anything because most of the time we don't hear anything <laughs> back. And I got a call from my agent on a month on a monday night like 10 p.m super randomly and i was on a plane the fall i was in new york at the time and i was on a plane the following morning at 11 back to atlanta without knowing like what the role was there was no info besides like i'm somebody's wife there was no script there was um really nothing prepared it was a very very last minute addition to the to this pilot and I was in a hotel room and the wardrobe person called me. They're like, hey, can you bring some options? And I'm looking at my at my uh, <laughs> suitcase where I brought like a, t- a white t-shirt because I thought I was going to be there for 24 hours. And I was like, sure, yeah, I'll bring options. I had 30 minutes uh, before TJ Maxx closed. I was staying nearby, thank God. I got $200 worth of random middle class uh, female clothing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was on set the following day, kind of like, yeah, this is all my stuff. And they ended up liking a lot of it or whatever. I still didn't have a, any idea what I was doing. Um, I sat all day in the cast room. Everyone else was doing their thing. And let's say we got there at 6 a.m. And at 3 p.m. that day, they finally said, all right, we're ready for you. And I walked down and I'm like, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen a script. Like there's no lines. Nobody gave me anything. And this director and this lead actor who everyone would recognize that I was like very nervous about being in front of, they were like, Hey, so you're in the scene and you're grief stricken. Your husband died. I was like, Oh, that would have been really good to know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) a few days ago where I could mentally prepare for something like this. But because in that moment, so much had to happen right for me to even be there. Mm-hmm. I naturally just ended up breaking down. Like just, I was from joy, from stress, stress, from stress relief of the moment. And I was like, you know what, you want grief? Well, motherfucker, <laughs> I'm gonna give you grief. And I was, I bawled for like instantaneously. He said grief stricken. I looked at him for 10 seconds and I said grief stricken. He's like, yes. And then I started crying. He said, everyone start rolling, let's go. And I was just crying there for 10 minutes with this huge actor, like holding his hands, bawling in his face, like improving with him. And at the end of the scene, they were like, okay, you can wind down the tears. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> They called, they called cut and the energy in the room was just kind of like, whoa, what just mm. happened? Cause it was really beautiful. And all of them, I was stayed for another week and a half after that, they added, they added lines to my character thereafter, which was incredible because I feel like, you know, they were a little disorganized. So something was about to happen like that anyway, but <laughs> everyone was like, oh, wow, you're amazing. And I was like, that wasn't acting. That was me. Like literally bawling because of the crazy (laughs) shit that I had to go through to get here. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad it worked out. 
but that was a really both validating experience to show that like okay i do deserve to be there i am you know quote unquote prepared for anything which is the number one thing that i think actors should be for be is prepared for anything like that especially and uh yeah you know that's that's my kind of horror slash um success story Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit of both it's it's like it's a horrifying situation but honestly like those are the stories we end up telling and it and it is a success um I'm very excited for people to eventually know who you did that scene with because when you told me you're also always in classes you've taken with everybody you know you have a lot of insight and you've been picking up things for a long time. So you have like a large tool belt. You also said you're like, I wish I would have studied theater, which there are cool things about studying theater, but you're such an active student. I also think like people that are actively taking classes, like I loved my training. It was, it was a very special time for me, but I don't think that necessarily will set you up for more success down the line. You know, it's one of those the grass is greener on the other other side situations. If I had a theater degree, I would also be kind of questioning like, oh, should I've had more different kinds of experience and vice versa. But not having a theater degree has always been kind of like in the back of my um, insecurity, insecure mind, kind of like, oh, what if would I be better or would people take me a little more seriously? But you're right. I've taken with like so many different teachers and um, had incredible experiences that were very educational from that side of things. And I think that's the number one thing that I want to make sure that other actors do is like study with as many different people as possible and like Mm -hmm. never stick to one teacher. Like feel that feels really culty to me when that happens. I feel like you're going to learn different things from different people and different and pull from different methodologies. And I think that's one of the more important things we can do, especially because different con there's so many different types of content and different types of genres. Like it's part of like, do it all, you know, study it yeah. all, try it. And there's, there have been some people I've studied with and I'm like, mm, I don't like this. No, I don't like this. And I still have met, um, some really cool people from the classes that I've taken. And also it's kind of helped me. I like, I have different acting styles that I really like and some that I do like uh, Suzuki that we do with Fernal and Sear. I do that one because it reminds me of how much growth I have to do. You know, I could do like, cause those are really movement based and um those are not my strong suits and so it's good to take classes that really push you out of your comfort zone you know and then also it's good to study like stuff that's kind of in your pocket i've been wanting actually to take like a co-star class with um erica arvold i think uh i really i really like them they're cool I like their approach. It's very spiritual. It definitely like touches, pulls on all the heartstrings of my like cult loving persona. Um, and I was gonna also say yes. I've taken the Suzuki class, the movement class with Vernal and Sear with Aaron and Aaron, and I can't recommend it enough. Like I definitely didn't even know what Suzuki was before I auditioned for Ubu last year with them. So I can't say enough good things about Vernal and Sear. Love you guys. Shout out. Shout out. We do. And that's kind I think Mariana, I think 
Uh, I think we were going to meet eventually, but I love that we got to meet through classes. Okay, so classes to get started with in town. Someone told me a really good one to just kind of get your foot just beginning is like Drama Inc. I think has some on-camera classes. And I've suggested that to new actors in Atlanta, not even new to acting, but just getting started in Atlanta specifically. I think Drama Inc., is a great one. Um, I agree. I learned more from Alex Collins uh, on camera class than I have ever learned from anyone because he's, he's so just great. so good with all the technical stuff and he knows so much about the union. I, I wish I could take more classes with him, but I our schedule doesn't allow for it yet. But anyway, big mm -hmm. shout out to him and also his uh, beyond acting pursuit that they put out a lot of really great content um, mm -hmm. on Instagram that I like like reading through so yeah shout out to alex i really i learned a lot about on camera work from him yeah i really did okay well let's go mm -hmm. into social media when so i think kind of to talk through this when did you just begin with your social media journey and then when did social media and acting kind of start combining or impacting each other or you were told it was impacting each other you know Right. Um, so I got a Facebook when I was 16. I worked at Facebook right after college. I started an Instagram in 2011 when we were posting like Snapple bottle caps and like pretty much everything that we saw and nothing was curated and everything was kind of like the wild, wild west. And then in 2013, when I moved to LA and I got an agent thereafter, my agent was like, well, you know, everyone casting is going to be looking at your Instagram. Like you should have a following. You should make sure to post like different behind the scenes photos and like put photos of yourself. And it just was, it also maybe because it was at very LA at the time, mm -hmm. influencer culture was really just beginning at that time. Mm -hmm. So it was everywhere. And that pressure of like, oh, you know, the people with the the greater following are going to get the roles overview over you so it became like a stressful thing then and then i've wanted to do social media right like this entire time so i've been doing this professionally for nine years and i was always told you have to have a niche but as a human especially as an actor like I didn't have a niche like i was trying it all because i think that's the most important thing you can do Mm -hmm. So what, you know, so I had different types of hobbies and I feel like I started doing like, you know, health content of all the, like, I'm really obsessed with wellness. And I, then I started doing more of like sharing my photography because I started a production company. And then I was doing more of whatever else that I was focusing on at the time throughout whatever point in, in this nine year history. And so I also had a really hard time figuring out like who I am as a brand and like, what does that look like? Like my photography style changed a lot over the years. Like, and I feel like I only now have a set understanding of like what I would want my content to look like. And that's taken that long. Like, you know what I mean? It's taken that long for me to maybe, maybe I'm just slow, but brand and design and colors and co like all that stuff is just doesn't come as naturally to me as just production and organization and actually doing the thing you set out, set out to do you know some mm -hmm. people are just better they're better at seeing something as a whole they're better at branding maybe they're paid to brand something or someone 
so now that I, yes. So does that answer that question? Yeah. Yeah. I, something that popped into my mind and this is just on the fly, but people are like, you need a bigger following. When do you actually think a following can start getting you cast in things? Because I feel like you need, it would need to be a huge following to all this. Cause I feel like if they're looking at the two of us, you have almost 10,000. I have like a thousand. I don't think they're going to choose one of us over each other because you have more, you know? Yeah. It is enough making a difference. That's a really good question. I don't know. I think that's a really good point. I think if you're like an, if you're building a following to have those bigger opportunities, you're looking at people that have millions upon millions of followers, like an mm-hmm. Addison Ray to get cast in, in the Netflix movie. Like he's all that without much acting experience. Like that's what you're mm-hmm. looking at. Is it possible that when they're casting, when somebody's casting a smaller role for like a CW show and they're deciding between you or me, they might go with me just because I have more, like they might, like, I don't know. I don't know the psychology of these uh, networks and casting directions in, in that in that situation. But is that the most important thing? Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think ultimately yeah. our job is to be really good at what we do. And if you can share authentically on social media about your life and people want to know about it, fantastic. That's, in addition Mm -hmm. but if you're an actor you have to decide are you an influencer or are you an actor and if those things kind of start to combine over time fantastic but i don't think they need to yeah and also i i think like with a smaller following i know people are looking at my instagram but part of it is probably like what's her actual vibe you know what does her face really look like because like a headshot isn't can still represent you, but it's not going to look as much like me as in a picture with my sisters. Like that's my face. Absolutely. You know? Um, Absolutely. And when I was casting for like little commercials on music videos, I found the people I, I I used Instagram to get mm -hmm. a sense of who they are. So I think even if you're not trying to gain a big following, you still have you should still have your best foot forward when it comes to mm-hmm. social media. You know what I mean? Like, don't post yourself smoking a doobie. It makes yeah. me sound so old. But like, you know, <laughs> be smart about what you post. Don't necessarily need to curate every freaking caption or post, but definitely be smart and like st- figure out what your brand is. I think that's ultimately the most important thing, not just on social media, but for anybody as an actor. It took me a long time to figure that out. And then everything that you do, just make sure that it aligns with that brand and what you're selling. Cause we are selling ourselves and that and Instagram is like the biggest tool to do that. Okay. Can we just selfishly. Okay. So like if you were to look at my Instagram as a brand, cause I think some people are like, okay, cool. I'm told that all the time, but like, what does my quote unquote brand look like? All right, so I'm looking at your Instagram and I think you're one of those people that actually does have a good sense of, a good like sense of, I can get a good sense of who you are from the things that you post, right? So like very family oriented, oriented. the name that you actually have is a search for pink. I see a lot of pink. I see very feminine, vintage vibes, very innocent, young, 
um, you know, somebody who could play under 18, you know what I mean? Like somebody who's involved in the community, somebody who's trying to uh, be a voice in the space. Okay, I'm just going off of, you know, what comes No, exactly. Comes to I think, first. I think that's, it's a first impression, you know? And a lot of people, like I know, I my, a lot of my content was just a little all over the place for a while because of what I had shared. Like I just, mm -hmm. I was all over the place, and that was where I'm, what my process looked like. Um, but I think you know, one thing I was going to recommend is that, like, I think there are classes and workshops where people can get a better sense of what their brand is to start mm -hmm. thinking about what their headshots should look like, what their social media should look like, what what their what the roles they should be get going out for should be. But the easiest thing, and I'm gonna do this like again, like soon, is get together with a bunch of people that you um, admire, other actors or other just creative, interesting people mm -hmm. and share a headshot or two on Zoom and have those people write out adjectives about you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And say, and, and then like maybe five or six adjectives and then maybe five or six different types of characters that they see from that specific headshot and see if that aligns with your understanding of yourself. Cause for a long time I was, I was in a dark period in the early, <laughs> a few years ago and I was only wearing black. I just cut my hair. I thought I, I had tattoos. Like I thought I was the girl with the dragon tattoo. Like I was, I thought I was like a hunt, like a vampire killer hunter, like badass, like going to break a bitch, like, character and they went to one of these sag foundation which is an incredible resource sag foundation classes with brow branding and i got nurse middle school like preschool teacher florist uh bookstore employee and i was like what <laughs> i thought i was gonna slay dragons what are you talking about and that was just so informative and i'm not saying that anybody has to do that in a class setting but i think you can sit down with your friends and like crank that out and get a better sense of how you come up to other people because that's not the same as how we see ourselves a lot of the times yeah i, w I was talking to someone and they've come out uh recently as gender non-binary and they were talking about how they actually just took the drama in class one and they were like well i kept getting like police officer and like people in authority and they were like, it's because I'm tall. And I was like, no, your voice, you have, you use long words and you have amazing diction. And so naturally you don't hear your voice, but when I hear you, I am thinking of someone that's in a superior position because of your actual speaking voice in the words that you choose. Um, they're a trained theater actor. And so that that's just how they sound. And they were like, oh, wow, no one's ever pointed that out. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's yours. You have a speaking voice of someone who is uh, has an education, you know? Yeah, that's really, that's cool. And I was going to also add to that, like, I also get a lot of law enforcement, military roles, too. Mm -hmm. I'm, and, and I'm like, I will also, I'm like, I don't, it feels a little bit disjointed. I'm like, how could I be these two things at once? But yeah like you said, the vocal quality, because sometimes I can go really deep and like be really more masculine. And a lot of the times my natural voice is like kind of, of a like a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't think about it. And so anyway, that's super interesting to me. And I, I think we're constantly, we should constantly be thinking through these things as actors all the time, even, well, not just actors, just 
anybody that's selling themselves for anything. But like even like interviews, you know, like just how do you how do you actually present? Um, okay, so I think that's great advice for someone trying to find their brand. Check in with people who you admire and look up to and ask what your vibe is. Also, everybody, I think it's important to kind of give yourself grace with social media. I know I'm very biased. I'm a little bit more all over the place and I could not be curated if like curators is like when I go into an audition, I always watch my auditions back and I'm like, why is my hair part all messed up? Or like, why isn't it not nice and smooth? And I will look in the mirror and I'll be like, great. I am, this is as perfection as I can get. And then I watch it back and I'm like, there was a giant zit on my face. Like, so with don't social media presence and brand does not equal perfect and looking perfect. It, it equals other people giving you input on how you come across and then brainstorming fun ways to show that side of yourself. It doesn't, you don't don't like perfect. People like relatable people like seeing what, like seeing themselves and in in us, which is why I think they like watching television. You know, Mm -hmm. we, I think if you're trying to be a fashion influencer, that's a completely different thing than from being the, just you as Mm -hmm. a human which is the actor. Anyway, yeah, I'm on board. Also going to share, I think we, we, you know, with that side of the brand aspect, there's also the aspect of like social media that affected me in, um, in, a, in a mental health way, where in the past, I feel like when I was burnt out and I was constantly on it and I was constantly comparing myself to people, I'm not saying I'm not right now, but I am, you know, it's hard not to compare yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I only felt good about social media in the moments of, of, of my life where I felt okay mentally in general. And right now I'm in, in a really good place mentally just because I've been taking a lot more breaks and practicing self-care and not trying to run a production company aside from my acting and my full-time life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just mentally, just better in general. But there was a time where I was so affected by it because I saw actors just post, you know, like themselves in costume on set. And I was just like, not only am I annoyed that I'm not working because I'm not in a healthy place with it right now, but I'm also annoyed at the fact that you're getting a job and you're breaking like an NDA agreement. You know what I mean? You're like, Mm. I'm double mad now. I'm double Mm. annoyed with you. (laughs) And so... I think there's like a really interesting gray area where actors are making bad decisions between actors making bad decisions with what they're posting versus, you know, like not posting at all and not self-marketing. And there's a delicate balance that comes in between. And that's really hard to achieve because as actors, we don't get to work that often. So we don't get to post um about our successes that often yet we feel like you we have to post almost every day to stay atop stay abreast of the social media wave and so i think a lot of people just overshare things that they're legally they legally shouldn't or nobody is really that happy for you if you do you know like i'm not that excited to see like oh i'm pinned i'm like cool like that you know like thanks for reminding me that i'm not i'm not working you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i'm just being super honest i'm like and then maybe the people that are not actors that follow that person are happy for them 
but even there, even them, I'm like, I don't imagine anybody really cares. So I'm like, why are you posting like for your own self-validation? Like, I don't know. It's just so, it's so strange to me. And I, I've, I've been that person before too, like a while ago when I thought that was a cute thing to do. And then I, I experienced some interesting situations where I would like post a before show comes out, like the day before or something say, Hey, catch me in star this is actually a perfect example like one of my first jobs in atlanta was this doctor on star i was so excited one of my first jobs here and i got basically cut out i looked like an extra so i'm not saying anybody even watched went and watched that episode but it was really embarrassing in a way just to have to go back and say oh you know actually i got cut out so point of like rule of thumb just don't say anything until you know that you're definitely in the show like even if you've if you've been cast and you've worked the job, like you could still, it could, you could still end up on the cutting room floor and you could look like a complete idiot having posted about it for the last six months. You know what I mean? And that's like, it's embarrassing. And, and I want I everybody know. to celebrate their wins, but I think we both have, like, we know some friends that work quite a bit and no shame to people that post, but it is like, so not to overuse the word chic, but it is so chic when I had no idea that they were on Walking Dead. And the only reason I know that she booked it was because I was like, let's hang out. And then she's like, I'm in Kentucky. And I'm just like, oh, that's so like subtle and like working actor of you, you know? Isn't it? And it's like those people are just, I know a lot of my dear friends are like, not a lot, but like I have a couple of dear friends that are working all the time and they're, they barely post anything about it. And I kind of am like, dude, at least post when it comes out. Like I think sure. a lot of people do want to celebrate you, yes. but it's the other people that are on the other side of that spectrum. They're like, I'm like, I really just, that's too, it's too much at this point. Like, so there's, yeah. there's a balance that we could take. And I think, but ultimately like let the work speak for itself is the number one like 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 ethos mantra whatever i'm trying to live by and i see a lot of people that i really respect live by and i want to emulate like that yeah and i i will say with like comparison for me i don't audition as much as i would like to and so seeing people's recaps now also i think it's like it's not someone else's responsibility to take care of my mental health i'm really big on that so i have muted people who without whether they're trying to or not has made me feel bad, but without meaning to, I would scroll through people's end of the year, like so grateful to get to play all of these different roles this year. And it's like a flash of them, like in 50 different outfits. And I'm like, mine would be so much shorter than this, you know? And so I'm just insecure about auditions, but I saw someone once post once again, my mental health is my own responsibility, but they were like how I dealt with having six auditions this week or something similar to that, um, not to call it out specifically, but something similar. And then I was messaging um, our friend Haley, who might be listening to this, and I think she'll know what I was talking about. But I'm like, yeah, sorry, I'm just trying not to be hard on myself. I just saw this thing on Instagram and it just, oh man, like I'm feeling down, but it's going to be okay. And Haley, who was so positive, was like, wait, was it this post? And I was like, yes. And she was like, oh no, I've been like freaking out. I saw that also this morning. And it I've, it's made me feel really bad about myself. And, um, I'm sure Haley wouldn't mind me sharing that. Um, hi Haley, but, um, hi, but Haley, yeah. we, love <laughs> we love you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's different things are going to make different people insecure. What, what is your thought on someone going so thankful to have six auditions this week? Do you think that's 
Do you think that's not cool? Do you think it's whatever floats your boat? It's your life. Like they're not breaking any rules, you know? To me, to me, it's just like naturally cringy because I think I see our job. Like this is our job. If I were a dentist and I had six different root canals, I wouldn't be posting six root canals like this week. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it is because we are just like, there's nothing else to post to validate at that time. Maybe unless if you're just auditioning and whatever, make surviving, which is totally okay. There's not much to content to share in that week. Mm. So if that's how you feel like you need to be validated and that you're and showing other people that you're actually, you know, following your dreams and working. I completely understand that need, that that validation need, especially if you're coming from a place where like your family's not being supportive of your choices or your friends. I think I know when I moved to LA, one of my friends who we've only now recently reconciled, like he said, I, I think you're just gonna be homeless when you start pursuing acting or something crazy like that. And I'm like, oh, I guess in that situation, I do want him to see that like, I'm getting auditions and I have an agent and all, 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 all. Mm. But when you're at the point where you're like, okay, this is my job. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, a need to post about that kind of stuff at all. Nobody's happy for you if you post, I got six auditions this week, point blank. like right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's just like, cool, like, just do what you got to do. I don't know. There's that's what I'm talking about the delicate balance of like, I'm super happy for my friends, when they book something, and I can, I can celebrate them. But if it like is all about numbers and like comparison of like, how much people are auditioning, it's just like so cringeworthy to me. I it's actually I love how in my head, I'm like mental health auditions. But it kind of makes me think of like, my dear friends, I know about my mental health, you know, and I've had an open dialogue. And if I'm talking to you, I'll tell you about it. But I don't, I don't post more than I'm comfortable with on my about my mental health on social media, because I know I have people in the real world who I can talk to it through. And I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying I would be throwing it up for attention, but it's almost like I don't have anyone to talk about it through. And so it's like, but if, I have friends here in my life who are helping me tape and are cheering me on in my actual like physical life, then I don't feel the need to post I got six auditions, you know, or whatever. I think it, I think it is like, but like, guys, I'm very jealous. I'm an Enneagram four. Erin Boswell told me, she was like, yes, one of our fatal flaws is jealousy. I am also a very jealous person, guys. Okay. Let's just be straightforward. I think also. I'm a four too. Actually. Really? I know you asked me, but now that you said you're a four and you asked me what I was was before, I think I'm a four too. And you and Aaron and I talk about this stuff all the time. Like you are the two people that I talk about this too. It makes perfect sense. But you know, speaking of jealousy, I just saw somebody, I think Shannon Bill's casting post this and somebody else said, I think Lauren Bulioli said this to me too. Like shout out Lauren, she's the best. She Mm -hmm. said that if we're feeling that, uh, feeling that of jealousy when we see other people following their dreams it's just a big flag that shows us that we want to be doing that thing and we're super super passionate about it and that jealousy is just manifesting itself as jealousy but really it's a desire to live our dream you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it was well a lot more eloquently put in her post but I 
I'm trying to see it through that lens anytime mm -hmm. I feel a sense of a jealousy come up because it's so natural. It's so we are human and this yeah. industry is so hard on us already, like outside of social media. And on top of that, we see other people succeeding when we feel like we're not like getting the callback or even getting auditions or whatever. It's like mm -hmm. that much harder. Like actors 10, 15 years ago didn't have to deal with this like added stress of mm -hmm. comparison. Like, especially in LA, New York, like you don't know the person that got the role over you, but in, 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 in the markets like Atlanta, oftentimes like your friends are auditioning for the same role and you do see that you're happy that they booked it, but you're still like seeing the person who got the job over you, no matter who they are. And in bigger markets, that's just like not a, as much of a thing. You know what I mean? So I think it's also an Atlanta centric, like this is just a very small pool. I think it's very supportive community, but it's so much easier to see other people succeed more often than you would in LA or New York. Can we talk about NDA etiquette real fast? Because I do think everyone thinks we know what the rules are, so it's never even discussed. But let's say I book it, I finally do it, I'm on set, how can I move forward and not get in trouble? A rule of thumb is like, read what the NDA says. Everyone is, every NDA is different. Rule of another rule of thumb is like if it's not if any project is not out yet, don't say anything about it. Don't post mm. a picture of your script. Don't post your costume. Don't post anything about mm. it until it comes out. Until whatever, and don't put yourself on IMDb either. That is like such a rookie move. It just makes people look really unprofessional. You can get blacklisted with some of the biggest casting directors. You're going to make, you know, other actors maybe in Atlanta look bad. I'm sure everybody across all markets does this, but I've just heard about this happening in Atlanta a lot because people aren't as, as informed sometimes, or maybe they weren't, or they weren't before. I feel like it's getting better now. That's the rule of thumb is like, I don't know what every NDA says, but I'm just going to play it. I'm just going to play it safe. safe. Because so once the episode comes out, can I then put it on my IMDb? When can I put it on my IMDb? So most likely when the project comes out, if you're not on IMDb already, you should talk to your agent about putting it, about requesting it, or maybe yeah. ask, you know, getting in touch with um, whoever your contact was in production. I've put myself on IMDb before, before the project came out which was a bad call like i mentioned but mm -hmm. it showed up after the project aired okay. so i kind of got was it approved yes yes so okay. it's always gonna be approved but sometimes when it's not approved and you add yourself onto imdb it's gonna show up as uncredited which makes you look like an extra versus a you know a, a, a player i was once on set for a commercial taped at 4 a.m. and I walked in front of the Fox Theater for eight hours, very glamorous. And the NDA was like so thick and I obviously I didn't read it. I had no plans on posting about it or whatnot. But um, but yeah, it can look really intimidating, especially if you don't read paperwork at your doctor's office and then all of a sudden having <laughs> yeah. to start. And, but th this is kind of like a, a little story I was told that really scared me, but there's, you know, there was a big popular franchise that 
films here in Atlanta and somebody put whatever their character was up on IMDb before the movie came out. And the name was something that super fans were like, wait, if this character is in this thing that they found on IMDb, well, then this, this, this could happen. And all of a sudden, like it was the secret was blown the fan boards figured it out. That person got blacklisted. And then they had to re they had to change the storyline in the movie because now I don't know how big it was, but that is like, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of dollars were spent because someone put it on their IMDB too soon. And like that, that is, I mean, one of the saddest things I've heard, you know? That is like a nightmare. That is my nightmare. And yes, everyone listening, please just hold your horses. It'll come out eventually. And then also, if you're ever unsure, reach out to someone who books a lot and just, and I mean, they're everybody, that's the thing about Atlanta and it comes up every episode with Atlanta actors. We're always happy to help. You know, if anybody has a question, I'm Mariana and I just, I don't know what advice I can give you, but I'm I'm sure I can come up with something. Okay, so we were talking about, I think we all kind of have these mantras that we live by. And I, you've been in this industry for a while and you've received a lot of good advice. Is there any specific advice you want to share um, with the listeners? Yeah, um, I think something that I've said already was just, saying yes to as many experiences as possible across the industry mm-hmm. and outside of it like the more skills and hobbies you have to bring to the table the better another thing i was afraid to book out a lot of the last few years mm-hmm. just because i would like lose out an opportunity or not be available for something and then i missed out on spending a lot of important time with family and friends that is like where i'm trying to focus my time now and it's so much more worth it than <laughs> not booking out let me tell you and I, like you said earlier, am a, I work full time as a producer and that's been able to fuel my, you know, personal life of travel and seeing these family and friends. I'm working on valuable marketable skills that feed into my acting career. I'm picking up on other skills that I, you know, leadership skills that I never thought that I would, you know, get anywhere else. Um, so in, especially in these pandemic t- times, unless you're like a super busy working actor, there is no reason why you should be scared to apply for a, like a nine to five job that may fulfill you creatively or may help you, uh, you know, build on some like really cool skills or introduce you to like a different set of people. My MailChimp job like fucking changed my life, like in so many different ways. And Yes, it's really hard and stressful sometimes to balance the two careers, but I don't work enough to, you know, to support myself and support my lifestyle. So I need a side hustle and you can carve out a side hustle that is really fruitful and inspiring and amazing. And I think that's possible. And I think a lot of people have a lot of negative talk around doing that kind of stuff. And I think it's 100% possible. I'm, I'm also here to anybody, if anybody wants to talk about what that looks like for them. Mm-hmm. So that's another big piece of advice I would leave, especially now listen, everything is self-tape. Like you, I tape after work. I tape at my lunch hour. Like I work remotely. There's so many more remote job opportunities. Take advantage. And there's a job, uh, not job, uh, an employee 
shortage, if you will, whatever they're calling it these right now. Um, also, I would say if you're in the SAG after union, take advantage of the SAG Foundation resources. They're incredible. Go to sagafterfoundation.org. Uh, get as familiar as possible with union rules. I'm still working on that. Don't sign anything that your agent hasn't seen yet, especially if you're in a SAG after set. I usually text my agent a picture of the contract before I sign it. Don't rush into a contract with a manager and agent. I, I've made that mistake before in the past where I think I was just so desperate to have representation that I maybe signed with somebody who wasn't necessarily the best pers you know, person or team for me. And then I was like stuck in this contract. Um, also casting director workshops, I know they get like a, a bad rep, but I took like a hundred of them when I lived in LA just so I could feel comfortable in front of a, a casting director. Mm -hmm. And that is invaluable. I did not expect a job. I did not expect anything, but just trying to get rid of like this innate fear that we have of casting directors. And again, they are there to help us. Like they are there. They want us to succeed. I think that I, I had a hard time figuring that out and understanding that for a while. Like these people are calling you in because they believe in you or they want to take a chance on you and they want you to make them look good. Nobody's like out to get you. I'm sure there's casting directors like that out there. I have never met anyone like that. I think all of them are amazing people. They're just trying to do the best job they can. Um, and I would just, with the social media stuff to wrap that up, like if you have a hard time figuring out what to post as an actor, like post about your hobbies, like post about the books you're reading, post about um, whatever, whatever like acting lessons you're learning, post yeah. about um, the places you're, just just like literally be a life learner i think that's the number one thing that we can do as an actor like i've like reiterated 16 times and post about what you're learning and what's helping you and there's going to be somebody out there and i'm saying this to myself too because that's like where i'm trying to go with my content is like there's somebody that will learn something and that will appreciate whatever advice that you have mm -hmm. to give um and yeah does that's that's it <laughs> I think the best social media just in general I've ever heard is someone said, and they were like an influencer and it was all very niche, but she said, I'm not trying to be something for everyone. I'm trying to be everything for one person. And like, not like Genius. I want to be someone's everything, but more just like if one person sees this and is like, yes, I get this. Yes. Instead of being like, does everyone like me, you know, and try to be the most palatable, aspirational thing online? Honestly, I needed to hear that. Like I have that. I was talking about that to somebody yesterday. I have an accountability mm -hmm. group that I've created recently. And I was telling the girls that like, I just feel like people won't appreciate, like not everyone will care for the content that I want to create because mm. maybe I've met them six years ago or 10 years ago before I was an actor and they're not an actor. They don't care about acting content. And then they're like, well, then those people will mute you or unfollow you. And mm. that's okay. Like if they're, if it's for them, they'll stick around and it's, it's not a big deal. And I'm still working through that. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I'm like, what if they're hate following me? What if they're sending my stories to each other to make fun of me? And I will like get into this cycle of some days I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to post whatever I want. And then some days I, and we've both shared this. I, I think I can get this out, but like both of us have said, like, we'll look at who's viewed our stories. And there are like two or three people. I'm like, did, have, have they watched it? And then once they watch it, I'm like, that was so stupid. Why did I put that? And then I'm like, well, oh, might yeah. as well delete it because that was dumb, you know? Like, exactly. I spent most of the last two years kind of rethinking what I even want to post because everything seemed super trivial and stupid because there were other bigger problems happening in the world and people were dying. And I'm not about to start posting selfies when there's so much like sadness in the world. And then yeah. Aaron Boswell reminded me that like real life still goes on. Not that I should post selfies, but like, it, she had a really beautiful way of saying saying this. So I don't remember exactly what she said, but she encouraged me to just like keep living my life because there's always going to be bad, bad things that are happening in the world. Like mm -hmm. no matter when you're posting, I'm like, that's a really good point. And ah, if anything, we just have to do the best we can to, I don't know. I, fall into there's a category of of content that we should be aligning with and that's entertainment or education or inspiration or the fourth category shopping if like you're a brand that's what i'm learning right now i'm taking like an instagram course from um somebody I went to high school with she's also an influencer her name is abby on the internet she is a fashion influencer and she was also works at facebook in brand ux content design whatever stuff so one of she did point out that like you gotta make sure you gotta figure out like where you where you bring more most value more value mm -hmm. are you a funny person that can make short videos to entertain people or do you have a, a specific set of of skills that if you share you will help somebody learn something new like i think that as we go into the future of social media like there's gonna be less and less quote unquote, like useless garbage and like, like stupid influencer content. And there's going to be, I think, more focus on stuff of stuff of value because people have higher standards these days, right? Like I, even I know that I like I want to follow accounts that actually add positively to my life as opposed to mm -hmm. just, you know, share pretty photos, even pretty photos, though, it's like, that's my inspiration bucket. And so I'll if that those are the kind of images that inspire me, then yes, then I'll I'll keep them around. But mm -hmm. if it's kind of meaningless content, that's like I'm hoping that starts to go away. Like mute people if you think it's going to create drama to unfollow them, or unfollow people. It's actually I've unfollowed people or like like people that have kind of made me feel bad about myself, and they wouldn't have noticed, or they're famous. And then I've kind of like, okay, if I'm still thinking about them in two weeks, I can always refollow them. Um, but for right now, and then I've like looked back and I completely forget about the person once I unfollow them and I can wish them nothing but the best, but like, don't be afraid to log off of social. I've done it a few times for a month plus. And I mean, you know, I've really found it useful. It's the same as like booking out, like it's fine. And if for some reason, I when I finally booked out, I was like, wait, I'm doing this for my mental health. And I, I was too scared to do it. And then I was like, wait, if I can't take care of my mental health and be an actor, 
then I shouldn't be an actor, you know, like I need to book out for a little bit and like, I can't be in a career that would allow me not to be able to take care of my mental health is I guess what I'm trying to say. And I see social media as the same thing. My go-to is when I feel like my mental health is deteriorating. Like I too go off social media and mute certain people, but I also try to be in service of others because that mm. just really takes me out of my own head. And whether that's in service on social, which is what I'm trying to do now is like teach other people like what I've learned, learned over the years or be in, in, in service in a, like a volunteer at Concrete Jungle, which is an incredible organization. And like you can deliver groceries right now for a few hours a week and like feel like you're part of a, something bigger than just like acting or whatever else you're doing with your life. But like being in service is like the thing that we overlook that is actually kind of selfish in a lot of ways. Like, cause mm -hmm. it really, it really makes you feel good and you're doing something good for the world. So that's my other big takeaway, my other big like mantra. I, I think that really is a great way to kind of round it up. Is there anything else you want to, want to say before we sign off? Yeah. Um, so I, I read a lot of actor memoirs and right now I'm reading um, yes. Jenna Fisher's The Actor's Life. I literally mm -hmm. started reading it yesterday and I'm almost done because, and I wish it's a book that I had when I was first starting out. So if anyone's listening, it's starting I've out. I've heard that is specifically yeah. starting out actors. Fantastic resource. I don't think everything is totally right, like true. Like she mentions that Atlanta, I think it was written a few years ago when Atlanta wasn't such an incredible booming market. So she was like, you can't just go to LA or New York. And I'm like, mm, but I don't, I don't believe in that. No. But um, aside from that, like everything else is all this incredible information that I wish it probably costs way more than the $16 that I paid for the book. And Why Not Me by Mindy Kaling is also great. Bossy Pants by Tina Fey, Juliana Margulies, Sunshine Girl, uh, mm -hmm. A Life in Parts by Brian Cranston. I don't know. I'm obsessed with memoirs. I love connecting the dots going backwards. And I think also as actors, just learn from other actors that have done the, the damn thing. And there's so many amazing resources. If you don't have money to go into a class, go to the library and read a memoir. That's going to be an incredible um, learning opportunity. And I am so grateful for your time and thank you for giving me this opportunity. I had a really fun uh, time doing this with you. So thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, thank you. I, I love the last thing that you said is if you don't have the money, go to the library. I feel like we could like turn that into like a cool t-shirt. That's so true. If you're like, I wish I could take a Meisner class. Okay, go get a Meisner book from the library, you know. Or YouTube. YouTube, I did not grow up in like the YouTube-minded generation. And like mm -hmm. my partner, John, like learns, has learned everything on YouTube. And I'm like, yes, I always forget what an incredible resource it is. Like watch those round actor roundtables. Like mm -hmm. there's, I'm sure there's Meister classes on YouTube too. So there's all, everything we have, we have everything to, to our disposal and we should use it. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Okay, well, thank you so much um, for joining me. And I'm, I'm really excited for everybody to hear it. Um, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, thank you. Great job. Bye. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you can tell. It's fine if you can't. But by the end of that chat, my heart was so full of love. I posted on Instagram how thankful I was for it. And then it was like, if anybody needs anything, I love you and I will do what, and literally I will. If you ever reach out and if you need help, I've got you. 
Mariana is also an amazing source for anything. Um, just so you know, the the picture I mentioned where she gives some different uh, like advice of what actors need to start accumulating uh, to be an actor was posted, oh shoot, six days ago. That doesn't help me. What's six days ago from today? Okay, I guess of 2022, it is January 12th, if I can do math. So on January 12th um, of 2022, she posted that great little caption uh, helping you get started. There are so many sources out there, but it can feel really overwhelming. <laughs> it feels like I'm about to be like, in Zimbalta can help, which I don't know what Zimbalta does. Um, but anyways, reach out to myself, or you, which is at the search for pink, or feel free to reach out to Mariana, which is it's Mariana Novak. So it's, you got that, M-A-R-I-A-N-A-N-O-V-A-K. Reach out. I love you guys. You're not alone. Maybe you feel sad. Stop. I don't know. Gosh, this sign off is hard. Um, I love you guys. Mariana, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please don't forget to rate the podcast because I love it when you do that. Um, okay. Love you. Bye-bye.